Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here is your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, I am so glad you guys joined us today. I've got Tim Trenum on here, and yes, he's been on the show many times, and yes, he's the chef, the cook, the kitchen manager, the chief cook and bottle washer, as he likes to refer to himself sometimes. Uh, He is an employee, a friend, and more importantly than anything else, he is a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, he was on the program once upon a time, and we've talked about that, and we've talked about cooking. But you know what? I think there's something else I'd like to talk to Tim about today. We were talking in his office just this morning, as a matter of fact, about the significance of, you know, we have people that are chaplains, and we have people that are pastors, and we have those type of things. And so when you think of Tim Trenum's position at the mission, you think of cooking, cleaning, doing those type of things in the, in the kitchen. And all that is true. And he runs a crew of guys that help in the kitchen. We have a second cook that we hired. He works for Tim. But we also have some of the program guys. And as he pointed out, not just with the guys that work in the kitchen, but he's probably spends at least 40 hours a week in and around these guys and talking to these guys. And sometimes they will come to him for advice or sometimes they do something and uh, he has to make it pretty clear to them that's the wrong way to go. Matter of fact, we had a graduate in the parking lot just as we were leaving and he had had continually to break a rule that we have about where he can get certain things. And uh, Tim was not rude or mean to him, but he, he leaned out the window. He said, brother, this is the last time I can tell you this. If you do that again, I just can't let you go back there, period. And so sometimes, you know, we never need to yell and scream and do those type of things. But sometimes rules are rules and we need to enforce those rules. And sometimes it's not pleasant. So I wanted to ask Tim as we come to you today, and by the way, uh, I am going to do something that we don't normally do in the show. I am going to start this show off with a prayer, and uh, so if you guys would indulge me, we're going to pray for some firefighters, and we're going to pray for some young Marines, and we're going to pray for some soldiers, and we're going to pray for some students that are trapped in Afghanistan And so, if you would join me uh, in prayer, gracious, holy, heavenly Father, as we come to you today, we praise your holy name. It is by your grace we have been saved through faith. And Father God, that not even even of ourselves. You have placed your hand of salvation on us, and you have given us a new tomorrow. And for those who walk in Christ, we just, we praise and thank you for everything you do. Now, Father, you have told us that we could come before your throne of grace with all our prayers and petitions. May we start off always with praising your holy name because your name is worthy of being praised. Father God, everything we do, may it be to your glory. And now, Father, I lift up the firefighters in California who are fighting all these wildfires, penetrated in the smoke, 
And Father, I, I stepped outside and I smelled that heavy smoke and understood that the firefighters are in it all the way, all day, all night, exhausted, wearing heavy clothing, overheated, and, and their lungs are just probably burning. I, Father, I just lift them up. I lift up all the folks in California whose homes are have either been burned or they're under threat of burning. There are hearts that are beating fast and memories that are being lost in these fires. And I ask, Father God, that you just be with each and every person, that you extinguish these fires and that you keep our firefighters and the people in these areas, that, Father God, you surround them with your comfort. Let no one stay behind and lose his life or her life in the fires, but remembering that things can be replaced. So, Father God, I lift them up. But I also lift up our troops. Father God, I have one of our people who works at the mission whose son is a young Marine, and I don't know exactly where he is, but so many young Marines, soldiers, Air Force, everyone has been deployed to try to get these guys out, I pray. And I'm just asking you protect them. The bomb went off and soldiers died, and I just I just, Father God, I lift up their families. Father, I also lift up all the police officers out on the street yes. who are fighting to keep us safe, all the local firefighters as well. Father, as I said, and for all those folks that are facing the hostilities, and I also lift up the students and the people that went back to visit their family and got trapped there. Father God, I ask that you bring our people out and our friends out of Afghanistan and that you stop the Taliban in its tracks. So, Father God, we praise your name. I ask these things in the precious and the holy name of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. amen. All right, well, thank you guys, but it's heavy on my heart what is going on right now. So, Tim... The question that I have as far as, as the kitchen goes, your job is specifically to cook, do those things, correct? Correct. But you also went through the program, and you see what a lot of times we don't see uh, from the other side of the campus, right? Correct. And you are with these guys. So what is that like? How many times and what kind of problems do some of these guys come to you with? Well, just day-to-day activity. A lot of gentlemen that we get in a program haven't held a job in many years. A lot of the gentlemen we had come from being incarcerated or living on the streets for seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve years. Or more. Or more. And they just don't have a good work ethic. And then they feel bombarded when they're asked to do a task. And they get frustrated and it isn't so much the task that's being asked, it's them understanding doing the task and seeing it to completion. That's where I think a lot of the frustration comes in. And uh, being in the kitchen, you know, we fall under a lot of guidelines from the health department and everything else, so there's a strict rules that we have to follow as far as that goes. We have safety things we have to deal with on a daily basis. And when you tell people, they get a little frustrated because they don't understand why. 
So they just think it's a form of being inconvenienced, and I have to explain to them it's really not. These are the rules that which we have to operate. And um, they just get frustrated, or they get frustrated with the program and the rules and the responsibility. And I think a lot of the guys coming in off the street, I think they have a problem with responsibility. I think uh, that's a big hindrance and in their and their authority in their recovery. And so, or they just ask me, you know, spiritual questions. You went through the program, and I help them with their steps, and I help them with their, you know, the Romans, and uh, that they're asked to memorize. And hopefully, we pray that they take it, you know, in their heart. And uh, and it's surprising to me that a lot of the gentlemen come in just ask for spiritual guidance on simple things. You know, well, I'm not getting along with this guy. I says, well, you know, what part do we play? We always play a part in any situation. Everybody does. And I says, you know, you have to look at what you're doing to contribute. You have a choice. You can interact, you know, on a negative or you can interact in a positive, you know. But everybody, I think, there, a lot of men are operating under fear because they're fear of the unknown. You know, they're dropping their wall of defense, they're letting God in, and they want transformation, but they're scared at the same time. And I think a lot of times guys act out in the sense of fear versus anything else. You know, it's like going down two roads. You go, you got two options to go to work. You can go down this road that you've been going down for 15 years, but they close that road. Now you got to go down this new road. You don't know where the potholes are. You don't know where the stop signs are. This road here is familiar. I can go down this road. I've drove it for years. It's just getting used to all the new, correct? You know, uh, to your point, that old familiar thing is such a habit to fall into. I used to live in Citrus Heights, and at the time when I was a young man, I did commercial air conditioning, and there was a pennies in Citrus Heights. And so I would go one way all the way down to sunrise over to that. Well, one day I had to go somewhere else, but it was, you know, before you got to Sunrise Mm -hmm. Boulevard. So I drove by and did I turn? No. I went all the way to Sunrise (laughs) Boulevard and turned right before I realized, uh uh-oh, this is not the right way. But it was the easy way. (laughs) It was the way that my mind had been programmed. And, you know, part of addiction— certainly falls into the uh, to that area Absolutely. of repetition. So your, your, your brain has these little neural pathways, and the more you use them, the more that pathway. You don't even think about it. I mean, I would go places that I went all the time, and I didn't even remember, you know, I'd be thinking about things. I wasn't even thinking about where I was going because it was so ingrained. Well, when those are bad habits— like drinking and and drugging and anger and all that, then those are that's the easy pathway to take, isn't it? Absolutely, that's a form of escape. That's how we deal with the situation. Uh, going through the program myself, a lot of a lot of times I would think, well, you know, I don't have to do this. You know, I know what I can do to resolve these feelings, resolve these issues. I'll just go out and have a drink. Sure. I've always worked, so I knew I can go get a job. 
But getting a job never kept me sober. It never got kept me, you satisfied either. Never kept me satisfied. And, you know, I tell people all the time, I am so in debt to the mission. Not so much that it's the mission, it's that God dwells within the mission. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the foundation that I was able to form and to build that I can stand on my own two feet today and say, you know what, everything I do, I try to please God now. I don't try to please man. I don't try to please my boss, which you are my boss, but I do try to please you. <laughs> no, I but, know I know what you mean. Yeah, it's just that, you know, and I'm so thankful. And you and I talk a lot of times about you gratitude. My, my gratitude for the mission and everybody there that had anything to do with my spiritual foundation and spiritual guidance. You know, I've come to you several times just because I've, I'm just bewildered and I don't know what to do and... You know, I know enough now to go into prayer and go to, to uh, you know, my pastor, which I look at you as my pastor. I well, always thank will. You, I, I appreciate. And that. my friend, and I, I go to get that those. information. You know, and uh, and I want that for our men. Yes. You know, and it's a, I tell the guys a lot of times. You know, I see things in you you don't see, and I wish God would take the shackles off of you so you can see. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I said, you're, you're a good right. man, you're a good heart, you know, but we have this one thing, this common denominator, we want to drink and use to deal with these situations. And, uh, you know, uh, it's a blessing that anything I can do there to help the guys, it's truly a blessing. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes, and I don't think everybody completely understands it. Sometimes, you know, you will get somebody that says, well, Tim Trenum is harsh. Mm-hmm. And I think what they're often misunderstanding is his harshness with is really not harshness, but conviction. And the conviction leads him to want these guys to do what is right. Plus the fact when they get back out, out of the mission, not everybody, not every boss is going to put his arm around your shoulder and say, look, you know, you made a little mistake. Uh, because I can tell you, when I was in the trade, that's not how it worked. And I worked in a kitchen at one time, too. And it's certainly not how you're treated by an executive chef. Um, but I see also through all that, I see the true compassion that Timothy, not me, the other one, the cook, has for these guys. Because he was those guys. The, the, he was them at one time. And yeah, he's smart and he's articulate and he's all those things. And he always had a job and he had good jobs. And and that's all that's true. But it's what we said earlier. You need the alcohol to dull the pain of what you can't escape from. And you can't escape from it until you face it. And you can't face it until Christ is in your life. Right, Timothy? Amen. And I'm so thankful for that. I think the the decision I made 11 years ago and, you know, and it's whatever I do, I do for God's glory. And, amen. you know, I I pray every day, how can I serve you and love you more every day? And that's, you know, that's my objective. You know, I tell people all the time, you know, I'm not the man I used to be, nor am I the man that God wants me to be today, but I'm just a better man each and every day I serve him. Amen. I could say amen to that. You know, so yeah, it's a blessing being there, and I love working with the guys. I spend my holidays with them. 
I know. I like to go and, and cook and make nice meals and just share my time with them because I'm a walking testimony. I went through the program. So if you follow the rules and learn a new way of living, sober, without using, God will bless you, you know? In spite of yourself, I used to tell people, I've had really good jobs, and I was an alcoholic. Every day I drank, and God blessed me in spite of myself. I was living in sin, and I was still rewarded. Amen. And uh, it it wound me up at 400 Bannon Street, and I'm Mm -hmm. so thankful for anybody who has anything to do with just donating there. I mean, it's amazing being in the kitchen to see the, the kindness in people's hearts when they bring food in. And it doesn't matter if it's 10 cans, 15 cans, or they send $5 or $200. It's just that people still have the compassion the way society is today to have the love of Christ in their heart that they can donate to us. It's just it's a beautiful thing, and I would love to be a part of that so we can share that with our homeless and our guests that come mm-hmm. in and the females with their children. We had a females there today with their children. For and the women's our, clothes Yeah, our women at the ladies' clothes class were just playing hot sc- hopscotch with them. And it's just enlightening to see that yeah. in the midst of everything, there's some giggling and some joy. And that's nothing but God. Can I uh, can I challenge you to play hopscotch with those kids? Negative. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you do want me to cook next week, right? <laughs> you know, I was I was really thinking about the fact that, um, along with those, you know, directions and stuff, there's also encouragement. You know, sometimes Tim will put the arm around the shoulder and say, "You did a really good job. You're doing that." And to you or me, it might be okay, but to some of these guys that have never had that recognition, it's huge. And I just wanted to tell you, you know, I listened to a Marine Corps, a colonel one time, and he was speaking about about special forces and how they have to, you know, when you get into boot camp, you've got to fold your your bed, you got to make your bed up every day. And... um I make my bed up every day, even though there's nobody there anymore. I still make my bed up every day with rare lapses, but mostly. And one of the things he said, he said, if you make up your bed every day, he said, then if you you know that you're starting the day by completing something successfully. And so with these guys... They do something small, and they're successful at it, and that spurs them on to go do something else, whether it's education or whether it's working a full-time job or whatever it is. But you need to have little successes first before you can get a major one. And, of course, the colonel wound up by saying, and I like this, he said, and on your worst day, when you come home, your bed's made up. (laughs) So... In the in a way, we start off in the business of getting the guys to make up a bed, and I'm just using that as a metaphor. But so when Tim, when they come down to the kitchen, they're assigned to the kitchen, and Tim gets them to do something, and he trusts them to cut this up, or he trusts them to cook that, and they successfully do it, and he compliments on them. It gives them fuel, does it not, to move on to the next success? And a lot of a lot of times. Uh 
boss, uh, people may not understand, their wills are broke when they come in. Their self-esteem is low when they come in. And you have to be careful that you don't overindulge with that, but you also want to let them know. I try to tell the guys every day I appreciate them because I do appreciate them. I appreciate everything they do. I tell the guys all the time, it doesn't matter what position or job you have at the mission, you're doing it for God's glory, and it takes each and every one of us. No job is no bigger or less than anything else. Work unto the Lord. That's it. I think it's warranted that we let them know, good job, you know, we appreciate you. And and I try to do that on a daily basis to all my guys. You know, sometimes, like I said, People have gone their whole lifetime, and nobody ever told them, you did a good job. Ah, that was good. You did that well. Uh, And maybe they never even heard, hey, thank you very much. And so those things become pivotal. In the recovery program that we have, there's so much that goes on. Uh, How many times, Tim, and you don't have to give me a specific number, but Sometimes the guys come to you in tears, and these are tough guys, right? Oh, yeah. They will break down, especially we earn trust by interacting with them for so many days and so many hours a day. They tend to let you in a little, and by letting you in a little bit, they expose the other side of them, which is the the fearful and the scared and the want to make amends and feeling bad about the things that they've done which could have been negative to family members, wives, children, and they tend to let you in a little, and then you can see, you know, that they just really want help, and they just don't know how. And by being there and the classes that are taught, and you're teaching the classes the last few days, it's, you know, they look, they're excited to go into class mm-hmm. and, you know, they're just, they feel a part of and they feel change and they see change. And that's what I think is important, as the Bible tells us. You know, you'll be, you'll be judged by your fruits, not your words, not your work. You know, it's by the growth and the transformation that God will work in you. Yeah, the Bible tells us that, you know, if you can speak with the tongues of men and angels but have not love, and it goes on, but the reality is that's true. You are just a sounding gong. If if you don't have love for these men that are on this program, I mean, some of them will try your patience. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But I've had guys, I had someone not long ago come to me and said, I just don't know my direction. I just don't know what to do. And the reality is that we make plans, but God changes those uh Somebody said one time, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. I didn't see the direction of the mission 16 years ago. I was doing other things and bivocational at a church, uh, which I'm still at that little church. Well, Timothy, we're down to just one minute. Is there anything quickly you'd like to say to the folks out there? Just thank you if you have anything to do with the mission. If you don't, you could always join us at the mission. Come by for a tour. Yeah. Come by for lunch. I'll make you lunch one day. There you go. <laughs> and he means that, by the way. Absolutely. And by the way, before we close out, Danny Vanek at the mission told me that uh, we could really use a forklift. <laughs> 
with LPG or LPG gas, 187 inch lift, 3,000 pound capacity or greater. And so, if you want to donate, we're here. Amen. And until we meet again, as always, may God hold you in the palm of His hand. listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.